Hi, and welcome back to the Village Trader Podcast. I'm your host, Njabulun Zabande. This podcast is aimed at helping you and experienced traders navigate the markets and learn from other traders. This is episode number 43. Sharing with a good friend of mine, Simon Brown. How's it, man? It's good, Njabulun. It's good. Yeah, good, 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 good. Um, before we get into to some monthly charts as we as we do on month on month end, I wanted to to get a, a, a basic understanding on a couple of concepts around margin and volume and how to um, what does volume tell us uh, with respect to especially uh, with with respect to momentum and and uh, uh, breakouts can we how, how how could you use or as a strategy to use volume as a filter to um uh, in in trading uh, in trading breakouts on touching first on the on the margin part you know as you know i got not a margin call but i ran out of margin can you just quickly mm-hmm. take us through how um margin because the balance was still there but margin was had had, uh, uh, had finished so how does margin work? How does it increase or decrease um, over time on your portfolio? Yeah, so I mean, what, what they do when you, when you open a, a geared trade and say you take a, let's say a, a 10,000 Rand position, you pay a thousand Rand margin, but your risk is in theory that 10,000 Rand. Um, so if you've got a thousand bucks in your account, thousand bucks margin, all's good. As the trade goes into profit, well, then you accrue positive margin and that's your day-to-day earnings. But as it goes negative, um, you still got that thousand rand margin, but uh, now you simply don't have the cash. So it's effectively the margin drops to just you know increases. You need to put more in or something. Um, and and although there's still margin there, you you don't have sufficient free cash because they want that ten percent, whatever that number might be. So if your margin drops to nine or eight percent, there's still margin in your account, and they're still saying, hey, you've put margin down. Uh, but they want some more because the trade is simply going against you. And what we can see in a in a and how this can play into 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 uh, uh, the volume uh, metric. You know, for me and you, it's not a big deal. Our trades aren't that big. You know, but say you're a giant hedge fund. You know, a couple of billions are or dollars or tens of billions of dollars, as the case may be. What happens when 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 those margin trades come? If you don't have the cash, then the the, the broker starts selling your position because they're protecting themselves. They don't want to lose money. Um, and if it's big enough, that can really significantly hurt. You know, I, I, I've worked at brokers during, during, during market collapses um, and people who long and, and stocks are collapsing. And you phone them for more cash, they simply don't have it. You've now got a stock that's already falling um, and now you've got to sell into that falling market to free up cash to get their margin, what we would call square. And that adds sort of extra pressure into selling. Now, again, me and you, no problem. Uh, but if you are a big trader, if you're a big position, or in a, in a low liquid stock, you know, a lot of these small caps and the like. Um, and, and it's why I you know, typically, uh, when I was trading equities, stay away from them. Because you know, it can just be, you know, what's a modest position? A couple hundred thousand, maybe a million bucks or something. Uh, giant in our life, but, but for a, a hedge fund or a fund out there or a large trader, that 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 can put massive pressure into into into, into the the already falling share price. Um, so margin it, 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 margin calls can have impacts if if they're big enough. We saw it a couple of weeks ago, and I forget I forget the name of the fund, but uh, certainly on a on a, on a Friday um, there was just you know literally billions of dollars of 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 stock was arriving in a couple of counters in the U.S. and this was margin calls happening. 
uh, and people getting you know, getting nailed in that sense. Um, volume in itself is important. I mean, if there's if there's a breakout and it happens without volume, well, then was it really a breakout? You know, if there's momentum but there's not much volume behind the momentum, it means it's not a very convincing one. And let's assume that the break or the momentum is to the upside. You know, what you need for a stock to move is for to move higher, you need more buyers than sellers. Um, and you need you know, a good supply of those buyers coming in. So if you see a stock with good momentum or stock breaking and it's happening and, and the volume is picking up, it means that uh, this move has attracted the interest of, of others out there uh, and they're jumping in at the same time. And, and, and that will give that trade sort of more impetus to continue in, in your direction. So you know, if, if you're in a trade or you're entering a trade, and you see those volume spikes, it gives a lot more conviction. No guarantees, but it does give more conviction to the position. Oh, okay, got you. So you, in a sense, you could use it as a, as a confirmation filter to say, if I get a breakout, yeah. cool, but I need it to be above the last 30 days average volume or something of that sort. Yeah, so, so you absolutely can. Yeah, and it's what I often say in the small cap space, not from trading, but just for investing. You might have the best company out there. I mean, you know, ARB Holdings is a is a really a great little industrial company. I've been following it now for close on 15 years. It's got really good management teams, even changes over the years, but they've still the new team have come in, have been really, really good. Um, but absent of you know other investors seeing this and other investors coming in, um, and other investors with some significant capital, you know, I always say what's going to What's going to get the buyers suddenly interested? The ARB story is not new. It, it's been the great story for a decade plus. Uh, what suddenly is going to get people coming in and buying a, a particular stock and, and, and pushing it? Um, and, and absent of that happening, then you've got a great company and it might pay great dividends. But uh, you know, is the share price going to appreciate markedly? And the answer is in many cases, no. Um, and then when we see big news, I mean, Renegy and a stock I hold, you know, they've had some some big news uh, during during March, uh, during February, um, and that really boosted it. That you know the, the the news got existing investors excited and put them into the stock. It got other it, it brought it to the attention of new investors um, on the news flow, on the price movement, on the volume. So you had all three sort of moving, and that stock very quickly moved from a, a sub twenty to above, I think thirty at the end of the day. It's now pulled back, but it was. just the right amount of excitement. It's literally in two months, it went from sort of 14 Rand to, yep, 30 bucks um, in, in uh, February and, and, and March. Oh, okay, okay. And now uh, the the typically the volume would be either at the bottom of the chart or at the top of the chart, depending on how you set up your, your, your chart. Um, yeah. So, uh, 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 so at times you'd see the... Uh, a, a huge green bar or, or a huge red bar. Is there any difference in the color coding of the... Uh, um, uh, no, so, so typically what they're doing with the colored bars, be it uh, red or green, is, is that is the color of the actual price bar at the same time. Um, so it's just it's just a, you know, a green volume bar means that the price bar was, was a green bar as well, which means closed higher than, than it opened. 
Um, and what I like to do with volume, so there's lots of different volume metrics. There's, for example, your, your uh, you know, you've got unbalanced volume, et cetera. I like to keep it simple. And if anything, I'll just overlay, if, if the package allows it, I'll just overlay a, a simple moving average onto it. And you can see with Sabanya here, some, some massive spikes in volume um, initially on that run up. Uh, and then it sort of, and then with that big red candle, but with the big wick above it, and then sort of there was a large amount of selling. Uh, and that, that was, we, we learned in hindsight, there was, there was a fund who was particularly exiting. So in that case, it was, you know, the, the, the breakdown, but once the fund had sort of exited the position, well, then there's, you know, nothing much more happening. Um, and if you see the last couple of sort of monthly candles there, sort of, okay, the, the very last candles, May, so it's only two days, but uh, the, the April and, and March, we're seeing lighter volume, uh, and, and that's telling you, you know, that's the indecision, and, and the, you know, the candles are kind of going sideways, um, there's no real trend happening there, uh, if we go back to sort of 2017, stock was moving sideways, again, there were some big months, but broadly, not a lot happened, we can see that that volume spike in late 2019, 2020, when the stock started to move again. Okay, for example, when it broke out back in January yeah. of 2016, broke up with a decent amount of volume. Mm -hmm. Also, mm -hmm. now in the January 2016 one, you can see it broke and then it drifted lower for a couple of months, broke higher and went lower. So that, you know, everything was in place. You've got the, the breakout in price, you've got the volume behind it, um, but it wasn't a trade that would have netted significant profits, probably netted a, a loss at the end of the day. And, and you know, that's just, yeah, that happens. Oh, okay, so the the uh, um, the volume refers to the number of stocks that traded on the day, not necessarily Correct. the number of longs or shorts. Well, yeah. So it, it said so there's they tell you that there was a thousand shares on the day. Uh, truthfully, there were a thousand bought and a thousand sold because, of course, every every buyer has to be matched by a seller and sellers matched by buyers. So it just tells you a thousand shares. You could actually say, hey, it was 2,000 shares because someone bought 1,000, someone sold 1,000, but those net off to 1,000. The question then everyone says is, well, you know, were, were people jumping across the spread and was it the buyers or the sellers jumping across the spread? Now, that data obviously exists, right? The exchange has it. They can see it. Um, and it's important. If buyers are jumping the spread, that's bullish. And if you know, sellers are jumping the spread, that's bearish. We don't have access to that data unless we're physically eyeballing the, the live trades as they're going through the market. Um, but we can, you know, if, if, if the price jumps up on volume, you can make the assumption that that is then buyers jumping the spread. But when I'm trading Aussie futures uh, pre-market, sort of 8.30, 8.45, um, all I'm watching is the bid and offer, and then I'm watching the last trade. So I'm seeing who's jumping that spread. You know, who's more confident? Who's more bullish? Um, and, and the weird thing is if the market is bullish, the buyers are jumping across the spread. And what you'll actually see on the buy side is not a heck lot of volume sitting in the market. Um, you'll see a lot of volume in the sell side. And intuitively, you think well, there's a lot of volume on the sell side. This should be bearish, but it's not. The sellers, are, the sellers are recognizing the bullish nature of the buyers and saying, you know what? I'm going to wait for you to come to me. I don't have to jump across the spread because oh. you guys are jumping the spread so i'll wait and you'll hit my prices oh okay okay so so uh um on on the uh, break to the upside i'm i'm just looking i'm just looking for a high green bar uh, 
mm. on the volume indicator and then on the break to the downside a high red bar um yeah. uh, on the volume indicator or suppose yeah, exactly. invariably on the, the the colors would be green and red uh, depending on the direction of that breakout but the height of the uh, that volume will tell me if there's enough uh, conviction on on that breakout yes and if we go back that sabanya that that uh, if we go back to early 2020 where we've got that fairly high wick above that red bar uh, the one yeah uh, that one there one, that fairly yeah. high wick above it tells you that it had been actually running quite high now this of course is february last year the pandemic was starting, et cetera, et cetera. But what we see is, is, you know, the stock had run quite high and then sellers arrived. Now, in hindsight, well, that's easy, right? At the beginning of February, you know, most of us had never heard of Wuhan, you know, coronavirus, it didn't even have a name yet, et cetera, et cetera. By the end of February, we were living in a completely different world. You know, cities were going into lockdown. Uh, it was COVID-19 um, and, and, you know, travel was being restricted. China was in a very hard lockdown so you can, and that's very telling where it made a high and then the sellers just pushed it down. Now, the pandemic is self-explanatory. If the pandemic wasn't there, the question would be, hang on, what's happening here? Was it a big seller? Was it a really bad piece of news? Because this is Sabanya, was it the RAND moving stronger? Was it commodity prices moving weaker? What caused that change of sentiment during the month of February? Ah, okay. And I suppose you you could you can use it as a as a you know indicator to call a bottom um, when when you have a, 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 a maybe like a bullish divergence from an oscillator and that last breakout happened on a much lower volume, but the break back on the upside happens on a much vo- much more volume. We now you can see that you kind of have a bottom there. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. We agreed one hundred percent. Ah, okay, got you. Now I kind of understand the volume because uh, I've always wanted to use volume as a as an indicator, especially because I'm, I'm trading uh, breakouts and sometimes you get sucked mm-hmm. in in a bunch of, of false breakouts and I suppose volume could have kind of mitigated some of those breakouts, uh, could have held off uh, um, some of the trade, you know, head of the trigger uh, based on the volume indicator. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Okay, got you, got you. So now uh, jumping back into into some monthly charts, starting with the uh, rather the top forty, uh, doesn't look quite good. No, it wasn't. I mean, if if we go to you know the 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 main indices, top forty, I mean, it did nothing. I mean, it 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 had had a good April, although the the highs weren't as high as March. Close green, but not by a heck of a lot. Um, and and this is now. You know, uh, March and 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 April, fairly wide ranges, uh, but 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 the closes, you know, from open to close was not a heck of a lot happening as well. Some of the sub indices uh, doing better, but the top forty in of itself, yeah, not a not a thrilling month whatsoever, um, which is not unfair. You know, I mean, if we go back to that November candle, you know, November, December, January, February, uh, four very strong months. Uh, the market ran what almost twenty five percent over that period. Um, and it's not going to, you know, do that sort of in, 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 a, in a straight line. Yeah. So it, it does look like uh, it's early days in May, and, and we will see. Certainly, we've seen some selling the first couple of days. But if we if we take uh, uh, March and April, uh, in, in many indices, it has been a sort of pausing month more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, looking at this this uh, monthly chart in in isolation from the, let me just uh, move that away for a second. Um, 
in isolation. We have this nice doji candle, but it hasn't been mm-hmm. uh, confirmed as yet, meaning the sell, there isn't much uh, um, um, selling to, to, to weigh off the, the, the bulls in, in this market. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, this is not a market. And, and you know, the two days of, of, of May, yes, they read, but it's two days. What we have here is a market very much in equilibrium. Um, in other words, it's, it's not, it's not uh, uh, going off to the races, but it's also the sellers aren't in control either. Yeah. No one's sort of massively in control. Of it and, and it's kind of just, you know, plodding along sideways in, in, in many senses. Yeah, because if, if, if you're looking at the daily charts, um, it, it broke the uptrend um, support, but there's, there's, a, there's a couple of support levels around that 60... Um, 59,000 level, and again, mm-hmm. we're at about 57,000 uh, 57, levels. Yeah. So even though the, uh, those are like 3,000 points away, that's that's a lot, but not not in comparison to where we were coming from, um, that's that's minor. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a tiny on the daily chart, there's a small head and shoulders uh, there, which could take it down to maybe 59,000 or so which interestingly is the lows from, from, from late March. So we might see some, some more selling over the next couple of days, maybe the next week or so, taking it down to that sort of 59,000 zone. And, and then it gets interesting. Then, you know, that, do, do the buyers come back in uh, or, or does that break? But certainly, and it's a tiny little head, it's a 2,000 point head and shoulders there. Yeah, yeah, and with with uh, especially with the top forty, um, is there uh, any correlation? Because uh, top forty is mostly bought by you know big funds, um, mm-hmm. and and you, you mutual funds and ET, uh, uh, ETF uh, trackers and that sort of thing. Um, is there some sort of correlation that um, towards the end of the month, beginning of the month, there will be some upside running not, because retail investors so are coming much. in. Yeah, not so much monthly. Certainly debit orders go off and the like. What we do see, and some folks will say I'm being a, a, a what's the word? I'm being a, yeah, a, 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 you know, a skeptical person. But a quarter end, sometimes you see what we'll call window dressing. And that's more funds coming in. So if you've got a, a large position in a fund, you know, a five, eight, maybe even a 10 or 12% position, uh, if you just run that stock a few percentage points on the last day, it makes your quarter end look better. The problem was, I mean, there's issues around, you know, do you really want to hold more of the script? I mean, it, you then step out and it comes back down. So, you know, is there window dressing at quarter end? Maybe sometimes, but month end, not really. Certainly the retail money is flowing in. Um, and so a lot arrives, but it usually will get deployed over, over a couple of days, maybe a, a week or so. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 So, um, you know, the banks themselves aren't, uh, most of the banks first rank looking, not looking great, uh, breaking to the downside, breaking a, res- a support level to the downside. Apps are doing the same, violating um, the, the the symmetrical triangle pattern there. Um, Investec uh, kind of holding support, but Capitec is just being the strong of the bunch. Yeah, yeah, I'd never, never stand back from, from Capitec. I mean, it, it had, you know, of, of the banks. I mean, is that an all-time monthly closing high for Capitec? I think, yep, it was too. So it closed at an all-time monthly high uh, for April. Um, it was a nice-looking candle. Uh, it's green for the first two days in May against sort of everyone else. Um, we don't have a, a closing daily high, but that monthly chart just looks bullish. And, and as you say, 
you know, contrast to, to, to all the other banks where their, their uh, uh, April candles were pretty much across the board were red. And I'm quickly flipping through. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing uh, Investec the exception, but I have no idea what ran Investec like that. But otherwise, the banks have not had a, a, a great period. And, and you know, it, it keeps coming back to, is there value in our banks, you know, over the next three to five years? Absolutely. You know, dividends will start coming back to normal. NetBank and APSA passed on the dividend, but will pay special dividends as capital adequacy sort of frees up and the like. Um, you know, the earnings will start to come back, but it remains tough for the banks out there. And it's going to be tough this year, uh, certainly in, in, in corporate and in personal banking. And I think corporate banking could be tough for another, another year or so. So banks are hectically cheap. And I've been watching the, 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 the banking index, the J212, um, just in a sense of, you know, it has to be, you know, at, at quarter 12,000 points. It has to be offering some value here, uh, but at the moment the index is just saying no. I, I you know, I want to buy for my tax free, uh, get some of the Satrix Finney, uh, jump onto that. We can see the J twelve hundred, the J two one two, rather the banking index, mm -hmm. sort of sideways for most of last year. Had a spectacular November December, and then since then has more or less been going sideways again. What's going to trigger it higher is going to be some really good trading updates, some really good results. Those updates will start arriving sort of late July, early August. Results will start coming in September. Uh, Capitec is a bit later because they've got a February end. And then maybe that would be the, the sort of trigger for, 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 for things to start running again. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, looking at this, uh, this banking index, there's a, a resistance level which uh, around that 12,000 level. Um, uh -huh. and we have a yeah. couple of doji candles but haven't confirmed as yet um, you know yeah I, 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 I mean, I mean, I'm in, I, often, I'm in, I'm in no good. rush yeah I'm in no rush for the banks I mean this this banking index uh, it can easily go I mean we're you know 18,000 is, is you know in the next three maybe five years 18,000 is, is very very possible 16 15 16,000 very easy so if it's at 12,000, there's, you know, there's an easy, you know, 50, uh, 20, 30, 50% there. Uh, and, and then potentially more because they're cheap. There will be better banks in five years time, but uh, you know, there's no rush to have to go out and buy them. We can be patient. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, above that 12,000 and some change level, there's a, there's some free space to that 14,000 level, uh, which was support. And above that um, free space to, yeah, eighteen thousand, and then above that we at all time highs. Yeah, then that's back to all time highs. Yeah, yeah, and looking at the the, the first rent, uh, the first rent charts. You know, we have a, a a doji candle around that fifty month exponential moving mm -hmm. average, and if we were trading it, that confirms. You know, close below the. Uh, uh, granted, the the candle hasn't closed completely; it's only two days, but mm -hmm. that doesn't look. Uh, you know, that nah. it doesn't bear much confidence. No, and, and you know what I think, you know, if, if the, 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 the bad debts, they manage them well, the, 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 the cash on hand is fine, so the Prudential Authority has said they can resume dividends, as I said, uh, and, and, you know, uh, uh, Capitec had a knockout second half, but let's, you know, Capitec's a different beast, and just focus on sort of the other four slash five. Um, there's concerns around 
third ways in South Africa, uh, there's concerns around uh, sort of business activity, mergers and acquisitions, uh, listings, which is where the, the corporate investment banking makes their money from. Um, and, and, you know, not so much necessarily defaults and bankruptcies. You've seen a couple, but that's not, I think, the big issue. I think the big issue is where's that business activity going to come from in the corporate space? Yeah, yeah. But uh, even though the, the banks aren't looking too great, but they still rather do look bullish um, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, there is depending, a bit of value de- there. Yeah, depending where we close um, for the month, you know, if we, if we get a horror close and there's a long time still to go, then it could get quite ugly. But if we just get a, you know, a sort of a, a, a boring close, then, then, then it's all just moot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, first run above 57, I'm really, really liking it. Yeah. Uh, in bunches of them. And, you know, we, our banks here in South Africa are really good. These are not uh, uh, sort of the banks of, of um, you know, Europe and stuff, which are, are really, really struggling. These are, are well-capitalized uh, and incredibly well-run banks. So the uh, APSA does have a habit of, of, constant, of continually losing CEOs. Yeah, yeah, and that upside chart doesn't look um, ABG. That that upside chart doesn't look very, very good. Um, and that, that breakthrough the symmetrical triangle pattern there. Yeah, but I suppose the that hundred bucks support um, about thirty odd percent away. Uh, yeah, uh, was uh, back to the daily chart. It's looking the the weakest of the banks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by by by, by quite a way. I, the Standard Bank. I mean, first round. Yeah, Standard Bank. I mean, I think Absa is looking the weaker of, of the banks. Uh, Standard Bank yeah. probably the other the other really weak bank as well. Yeah, yeah. Standard Bank and Absa look look the weakest of the bunch. Net Bank looking fairly strong. Um, Kipitech is just uh, yeah, it's just uh, the Hulk of the banks. Yeah. Okay, uh, moving on to property, growth point uh, just looking good, <laughs> looking good again. So, so, so property, the the, the index, which is uh, J two five three, had a really really good uh, uh, month, although it's given back a chunk of it already. Um, but it pretty much well, it was up about fifteen or so percent in a single month. Um, and some of the stocks, I mean, as you say, uh, uh, growth point had a really really nice month. Uh, second engulfing candle that we've, we've been engulfing candle. Um, you know, there's still there's still challenges here, but some of those sort of the bigger property stocks have done you know really really uh, uh, well over, over the last month. I mean, Vikeli Property, and I can never remember the code, so let me quickly look up that. Um, what is it? It is VKE. Uh, by 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 you know, had a had a, a really really strong month. You know, there's still it's still tough out there. Um, I mean, we're clearly up over twenty percent in the month. But I think if some folks are kind of positioning themselves, you know, property was trading around fifty percent to its net asset value, and we could say that you know, in a pandemic, the net the the the, the net asset values are are going to come down, and certainly they have been. Uh, but what we've seen is is you know that that gap to net asset values gone from probably fifty percent to around twenty five percent as prices have moved up. As the, the the navs have come down to a degree, so they're kind of meeting a bit. Um, there's value there, but again, this is this is a, a, a longer term play that's not going to sort of happen in a hurry. 
Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I liked what uh, um, uh, Kinen uh, Lovu had, had to say on, on your show earlier. Yeah. Um, we, because we seem to think that uh, because of work from home, office space will be, you know, vacancies of office space will skyrocket. But now you made a point that um, because of sh- social distancing regulations, offices might still, bigger office space might still be required because even though some of the people will be working from home, some can't work from home because of, you know, circumstances, there's kids, mm-hmm. there's not there's not a decent internet connection or whatever the case may be, you know, there's going to be a hybrid of, you know, work from home and work from the office. But those who are in the office still have to social distance. That means you, you can't reduce office space. So that's uh, yeah, I, kind of mitigates that risk of, of vacancy in, in the office space market. I also think that offices going forward are going to be very different to what they were previously. By that, I mean you know, the idea of, of get as many people in, you know, and I, I worked for Standard Bank and, and I've been to some of these big corporates and they have pause areas and, and stuff like that. But I think an office is going to have to be a much more comfortable, friendly, enjoyable place um, for people. So, and, and that will require you know, more non-desk space. So not, you know, your desk's a desk and yes, social distancing, but even absent of that, just, you know, sort of things. And I, you know, I'm thinking about, for example, you know, better gym facilities in there, uh, you know, better uh, uh, spaces to relax, to, to not to have meetings, but to, you know, have a lunch break with friends and, and that sort of thing. I think we're going to see a lot more of that coming in, almost kind of like what Google uh, uh, sort of uh, started as an initiative, I mean, 20 odd years ago. So, I mean, office is, is not dead. It, it's under pressure. Uh, th- there will be uh, some conversions. There will be some, some buildings which, you know, maybe not abandoned, but, but you know, whole le- floors. I mean, there's a building just where I live here. I think it's 18 floors, but only seven are let. Um, the other 11 are, are you know, closed off. And if you want to rent them, you're welcome to it. And this predates the pandemic. And this mm-hmm. is not new. So I think it's going to be sort of the rethinking about it. And I think the same is going to happen in, in, in retail. You know, why go to uh, back to those large shopping centers? They've got to attract me with something. And it can be, can be the stores they have. It can be the experience. They've got to try and turn it into a sort of an all-day type of process. Stop charging me eight bucks an hour for parking. Make them more family-friendly. You know, have areas where you can relax and not those little benches they have in the walkways, you know, mm-hmm. have proper sort of garden areas or, you know, stuff like that. So it's going to have to be a lot of reimagining the, the retail and the office space going forward. And it's going to be slow and it's going to be messy, um, but uh, they'll come out the other side, mostly quite fine. I mean, there's going to be some malls that don't make it, some office parks and offices that don't make it, but uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, it's not, they're not going to disappear. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what do you think on, on, uh, with regards to uh, um, urban uh, residential property, um, like in the big cities, because when, when people don't have to be in Joburg, they could just pretty much back be back in KZN or wherever they come from. Yeah. Um, Doesn't that put some pressure in, in, in that residential market? Yeah, I mean, I typically like the residential rental market, but at this point, it's under pressure for exactly as you say. But added to that is because of the very low interest rates, we're seeing a lot of uh, purchasing happening, particularly in the sort of sub one and a half million, sub one million space um, in the major metros, uh, which mean, you know, which is meaning people are leaving the rental pool and buying. 
Um, and then inversely, what we're seeing in sort of the smaller sort of out of towns, um, you know, Humanus uh, uh, perhaps, that sort of thing, um, where is Michalisburg maybe sort of an hour or two away from the major metros, we're seeing a lot of activity in the higher end space. But uh, uh, Baldwin as a, as a company, which obviously operates in that space, uh, one that I've been watching closely, it also has sort of gone nowhere in the last, you know, since it's ran in, had a fairly nice run back in October. Uh, hasn't done much since then, but I think they're fairly well positioned for this you know, low interest rate environment. I think that's going to continue well into next year. And even as rates start to rise, you know, from the seven, current 7% prime, it'll take a couple of years of, of rate increases to get us back to 9 or 10%. So Baldwin, who sell a lot in that sub one and a half million, I think are, are are fairly well positioned. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I think they 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 you know they not only well uh, positioned, but they have an advantage that by the time interest rates start start to 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 pick up again, they would have gotten rid uh, gotten rid of most of their property. So that liability is not on on them anymore because they've already yeah. sold the property. And also what happens if you buy a property today and rates start to rise in two years' time, you can make an assumption that your salary has gone up twice over that period. And even if just by inflation, it does give you some wiggle room in order to, 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 to manage it. No, okay, got you, got you. And uh, the healthcare space doesn't uh, look very, very good. Medicare doesn't look good. Uh, uh, life healthcare doesn't look good. Life healthcare just looks terribly, terribly bearish, you know, with monthly uh, uh, lower highs yeah. and, 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 and lower lows. None of them are looking like, a, and, and concerns, you know, and, and most of these are now sort of global to a degree. Uh, Netcare's pulled out of the, the UK operation, Mediclinic very much so global, uh, Love Healthcare pulled out of Poland. Uh, and exited uh, uh, India as well. It, it's really concerns around those third waves, which which is is really bad for their business. And in, in the sense that you know you don't do an elective surgery during a a, a, pan, a pandemic. I mean, maybe you do it at this point when the numbers are fairly low, etc. But uh, people are staying away from hospitals, um, so they they struggling in that. What you also find is that you know, companies such as Life Healthcare have got the equipment side of their business, which is actually a really good business normally. But again, uh, hospitals aren't out there sort of buying equipment and the like. So uh, the healthcare space just remains under pressure. The exception being Aspen, um, who had a very good uh, uh, month in, in, in April. Uh, running, I mean, they you know they were what 100, 100 bucks back at the beginning of the year. Uh, they almost, in fact, they did. They touched one sixty last month, um, and that's because they've you know fixed up the business and they're in a different space. They're in the drug space. You know, if, if you are taking one of their one of their drugs on chronic, if you need one of their drugs, what you know, you, you you're going to take it uh, regardless. You're not going to to say no. There's a pandemic. Uh, yeah. Adcock Ingram also in the drug space, uh, not looking good at all. Yeah. And uh, looking at this Aspen chart, breaking as a very, very strong uh, uh, monthly resistance level um, last month. And I suppose that uh, that J&J vaccine jab uh, is, is boosting the price quite quite a bit. The J&J is not, they do it as, an, as, a, as a zero profit, but it gives them utilization through the factory and the like. Um, Kia from Think Markets has got a, a research report out looking at about 180 Rand on their uh, on the 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 on uh, Aspen over the next sort of couple of months, and so that's both a technical and a, a fundamental perspective. But in the healthcare space, 
uh, Aspen is really the only one really worth looking at. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like there's, uh, there's free land up until that 250 level. There, there isn't yeah. much happening. Of course, there was a there was there was much <laughs> in that process, but uh, nothing much is happening between uh, you know the current levels around one hundred and sixty or so um, to the two hundred and fifty level. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, and and you know it it uh, I think he is looking at one hundred and eighty. He's probably looking at a. You know, it's, it's going to take some time to get there, but uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, Aspen was a great company. The wheels fell off, and now it's sort of got its mojo back. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, clear land is what you are looking for as a, as a, as a technical trader, you know, especially on, mm-hmm. on, on, on a long-term, long, longer-term chart. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, what is next? Barlow World. You know, I was, I was uh, first impressed by Barlow when you did a, a, a presentation at the JSE back when we can still meet people on value mm-hmm. investing. And Bala World was the only company. Yeah, I remember that that remained. <laughs> you know, I actually yeah, went that was, to, that to, was to, using... to, uh, to 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 buy myself some Bala World just purely on 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 the fact that it only, it was the only company surviving that that. Value. Yeah, that was using uh, uh, the the uh, discipline. Not what is it? Intelligent investor using yes, the enterprise yes. valuation. Um, Bala World was literally the only JSC stock. Uh, that 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 popped up. That they had a nice uh, uh, April, but they're still kind of in that range, sort of that that ninety to a hundred buck range. Uh, nice green candle in April, but but no, you know, it goes back to they've been sideways pretty much all of this year, and we've seen this with a lot of them. A really strong November, December, and that was you know a couple of things. Remember November, the, the election in the US, mm-hmm. uh, we got the the news that vaccines were coming, uh, sort of second week of November. Suddenly, there was a light at the end of the tunnel that wasn't a train in terms of the the, the, the pandemic. And so a lot of stocks had a really good November, December. Since then, they've just been sort of trending and not really going anywhere very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm for 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 Bala, I'm looking for that. Uh, you know, above one or five. Now we're starting to yeah. to trade above that above that resistance level there. Yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Remgrow looking uh, nice run bottom on Remgrow. Yeah, Remgrow is and trading at a, at a massive discount to, to, to net asset value. Um, it had results out at sort of late March, which, which did a bit, but sort of more flowed into, you know, the, the, the nav of their assets, if memory serves, is about 160 Rand at the results on 25 March. Uh, it's trading at 107. I mean, that's a insane. Typically, this is a stock with a discount of about 15, maybe 20%. In the olden days, when the discount got to around 20%, you bought it. Um, but of course, remember what it holds, uh, a lot of bank and a lot of MediClinic, and those mm-hmm. two are hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with, with, with the, uh, I, I remember there was some corporate action that, you know, exacerbated the um, collapse in inverted commas. On, on, on Ramgrass, I think there was a, some spinning out. I can't remember of, of, of which stock. Mm. Um, but it looks like it's starting to recover from that. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, it has been. And, and their underlying businesses, and of course, they've got uh, some assets in uh, uh, sugar operations, they've got some assets in Total South Africa. Um, so they've got some unlisted, but they, they're very much the proxy for, for you know, some, some uh, uh, Rand merchant. 
holding slash bank and then the the MediClinic. And and uh, we've just been dissing the MediClinic chart. It's, it's going to flow through. I mean, MediClinic is pretty much trading, uh, remaining so at, I mean, it's back at levels last seen in 2013. Um, and importantly, it didn't get that jump at the end of 2020 we were just talking about. It's pretty much trading only just off those lows of last year. Yeah, yeah, and uh, looking like a dangerous head and shoulders as a continuation pattern there. But uh, I suppose above that 76 rand level, if we if it mm. does, first above that 65 rand or so level, if it does manage to break through that level, uh, but much, much better are above 70, uh, yeah. 75 rand. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's going to be a long way off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's touch on gold a, a little bit and, and, and gold miners. They start to look, uh, you know, looking at uh, first DRD uh, having a, a golden cross on the monthly charts, mm-hmm. um, a nice golden cross on the monthly charts, uh, uh, looking like it, it was just a pullback. But now, um, you know, we're talking about, uh, I think, I believe it was yesterday or the, the, the day before, um, about the correlation between platinum and platinum miners, which had seemed to kind of fall over the past couple mm-hmm. of years. Uh, we, see, we seem to having an inverse on uh, uh, on gold. Yeah, you know what's happening on gold? So the gold price is running quite nicely. Uh, I know Petri Rodenhays is saying 1850 is quite likely, and, and fair enough on that. The RAND is taking the shine off it, the, the RAND strength. Um, and I was chatting with uh, Skelk Lowe on my show last week, um, and he was talking. You know, there's about an extra 11 billion uh, of, of commodities that we're selling every month, which is basically exports, and therefore, uh, you know, good, good, good for rand strength. I look at these these uh, gold charts, and I, you know, some of them. I mean, Pan had a decent month, but man, it's yeah. I, I'm just still seeing on the monthly charts. I'm seeing higher highs and depending how sort of May, June plays out, potentially uh, uh, lower lows coming through as well. Um, Harmony in the last couple of months, but they're not getting above those. They're not yet above, let's say, the December the December closes. And, and that to me is going to be the, the really important point, which is going to have to sort of trigger before it really gets exciting again. Otherwise, we've just got prices that are, that are looking in a downtrend after those highs of December. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I suppose quite quite significantly, it's uh, uh, you know having this pullback uh, is a higher low from the the, the lows of, of December of twenty nineteen. Yes, yes, and and interestingly, the JSC has done away with the uh, gold mining uh, and uh, platinum indices and merged them together. Yeah, I think it was uh, it's. Uh, Shining metal magic index. Something what's like what's that. the precious? The, I can't, yeah, I'm trying to find it, and now I can't remember. Uh, and, you know, gold charts. Uh, you know, notwithstanding the price, uh, the, the rent price itself, the, the chart themselves, they look very, very similar. I mean, DRD. We just looked at DRD in just a moment. Yeah. Now yeah. we're looking at golfers, but feels like we're looking at the same chart, but. Different. It's literally different companies, but they literally look uh, look alike. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So I see my broker's not giving it to. They still refer to the platinum and the gold mining indices. I don't know what those new indices were called. We'll hunt them out. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> and and uh, you know, it seems like they've uh, even though they're having a, a, a strong pullback, but there's a, there's a fair bit of support. 
um, on both uh, Goldfield and 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 and. and and I suppose that's the bit offset you were talking about, that gold is running, but the brand is strength. So they kind of remain flat, but finding that, at least finding that support. Yeah, uh, and the support is holding. And and it, it just it comes to if, if we see more round strength or if gold sort of pauses or goes weaker, uh, then, then the bets are that support will probably break rather than holding. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because uh, you know when when support holds for 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 quite a while, because this this particular support on uh, around one forty on on Goldfields has been holding for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven months now. That's that's a fair strong support. But if it does break, that's that's going to be a, quite aggressive because it has held for for that long. Yes, <laughs> no, no, it is, and that's the point. A support that's been around for for a long time uh, gets, you know, it, it it becomes more and more important, um, and and then you know, and and its its providence in terms of holding becomes more 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 likely. Yeah, 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 and then of course a break becomes more significant as well. Yeah, 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 and uh, looking at uh, platinum miners uh, while we're still at, on, on precious metals. Uh, 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 African Rainbow struggling with that 300 uh, all-time high resistance. I mean, yeah, the last and, and here we see back in I mean, the 08. Uh, yeah. The, 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 I mean, the PGM prices are looking strong. We've got Palladium almost 3,000. We've got Platinum above 1,200. Rhodium, I think, 26,000 doing something crazy, um, which is negating the RAND strength. But I think concerns are, you know, will the metal prices hold? How much stronger can the RAND get? And, and have they run ahead of their valuations? And then sort of medium term, sort of three to five years out, what about uh, new production coming on? There will be new production coming. But certainly, uh, this is the sector I still like. And, and my preferred is, is Sabania. Um, well, it's not the, not the best looking chart in the world. It's not the ugliest either. Um, but what, we're, what we've got here, I think, is, is, is a market which is not convinced but I think when we start seeing some production updates, we start seeing some results sort of in the, in the third quarter. Um, and if they haven't started to run by then, and assuming those numbers are good, as I expect, I think we'll start seeing them run at that point uh, coming through. But we've seen, I mean, Anglo-American made an a, 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 a all-time closing, is it all-time closing? Yep, all-time closing, monthly high. Uh, nice candle there for, for, for April. Um, BHP, uh, Nice, but it had had a, a rough march, so sort of gained back some of what it had lost off in March. Yeah, yeah, and surprisingly, the Royal Bafuking Platinum mm. is just holding off that support, uh, consolidating uh, with, with mm -hmm. the rectangular bullish flag. Yeah, no, I mean holding actually quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, it did break the, yeah. the support on the daily chart, but not not by very much, and. Uh, Looks like today it's coming back, uh, uh, back on the upside. It actually not a bad day against yeah. the market, which was predominantly down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. you know because uh, uh, the, you know, when it broke, when it broke that uh, one hundred eight um, support, I thought were were just going down, but um, that fifty day exponential moving average held. Uh, and looks like we we coming back up, and the, the sellers have run out of steam. But we, it remains to be seen. We'll see. Uh, let's come back in a couple of a couple of weeks, and let's see. Yeah, see how it plays out.
Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe it's my ignorance, but what is the uh, 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 real world use case for platinum? Maybe I, I could maybe understand. Uh, no, I mean, it's a bit of jewelry, but mostly it's, it's considered the green metal. It's catalytic converters. Um, platinum goes into uh, petrol engines and palladium into diesel, mostly, not exclusively. So it's very much a, a you know, if, if, if the argument around climate change is less polluting from vehicles, uh, the PGMs, platinum and palladium and rhodium, Play very much into that. There is some jewelry use, but not a heck lot of jewelry. Jewelry is still predominantly uh, silver, gold, and uh, then in the stones, uh, diamonds. Oh, okay, got you, got you. Yeah, because uh, I, I actually never knew uh, what what platinum what we use platinum for. Yeah, so he has an interesting factoid. Um, when when you can recycle those catalytic converters, but it's not viable unless the the uh, steel price is high because as part of recycling the motor vehicle uh, for the steel, you would then also recycle the catalytic converter. So with iron ore being high, then suddenly you get uh, more recycling happening in the PGM space. And iron ore is at records. Not, so with, with recycling happen, doesn't, uh, doesn't that hurt uh, the miners? Uh, it does. I mean, short answer, it does. Uh, Sabanya has got part of their still water in Canada, does some recycling, but recycling does hurt the miners, yes. Oh, okay. But uh, I suppose uh, if they themselves do the recycling, it kind of offsets um, the disadvantage. Yeah, and it's never, you know, it's never that massive in, 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 in the total global demand. And with the supply demand still erring on insufficient supply, recycling is not going to significantly uh, uh, tilt that into an oversupply scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, Sapi uh, looking, you know, it's been quite strong from those, uh, um, from from around uh, September, in fact, from April, um, yeah. from, from that yeah. low of, of, from that COVID low, it has been very, very strong. Um, and above that, I suppose 50 Rand looking even better. Uh, what's what's yeah, the driver I mean, there I, on SAPI? SAPI, I don't know. I mean, it's paper. So, I mean, it maybe folks think of buying more magazines or newspapers. They do sucrose as well, which is an input into into packaging materials and everything. Um, you know, Mondi's more in the boxes and, 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 and that like. Sappy's more the glossies. But Sappy's just very cyclical and it's an issue around their pricing power, which they struggle with, uh, their debt, which they struggle with. And when those two start to work in their favor, which happens from time to time, you get runs like this, you know, what a, a 20 round stock is up at 50. Um, and that, which candle was it? It was the a nice big strong candle in January and then you know, follow through in February, follow through in March and more follow through in, 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 in April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, also that the, the Mondi chart looking quite, quite decent. So the packaging, the packaging companies are looking quite decent. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, Mondi, I mean, certainly in, in this space, Mondi probably my preferred because they do more cartons and boxes, which is your you know, your, your take-a-lots and, and, and the like and, and, and Uber Eats deliveries. Um, and another one that had a, you know, it's had a couple of really, really strong months, uh, including the, the April candle. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose in a, in a pandemic lockdown environment, um, there's going to be a lot of packaging and, you know, online shopping. Uh, yeah. And that, that plays very, very well in, 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 into their business model. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And um, lastly, let's look at the retailers, starting off with uh, Mr. Pro- the clothing retailers, Mr. Price. Yeah, uh, they, they had a tough period. Um, you know, they, they came out, they've mostly done their, their, their results, etc. Mr. Price has done that acquisition at the end of March, um, which I think is a really, really good deal. Um, but the, the retailers are, I think, looking for that next leg. I think there's concerns around uh, uh, third waves. Um, Pick and pay had results in April, which which were actually really, so it was for the full year, so to end February. So it was all pandemic and you know, liquor and tobacco really hurt them. Um, but uh, yeah, so they had, a, they had a green month, but not by a heck of a lot, but I mean, pretty much across the board, um, as, I, as I'm looking at, at you know, the Fashini group, uh, True Wiz, uh, Mr. Price, et cetera, et cetera. There, there was no real sort of follow through happening at all. Um, you know, even old, you know, per- perennial uh, clicks, which is one of the best, uh, couldn't sort of get any, any, any traction at all. Um, it's just been a, a, a disappointing month and truthfully disappointing couple of months for most exception, uh, Discam, um, that had a, a, a nice green candle uh, and engulfing. We've seen some follow through already in the first couple of days of, 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 of May. Um, and that run, which started for Discam back in, in November, which the rest of the market seems to be continuing. But if you look at Discam, you'll see the monthly highs from January have all been around that 24 level. So it runs and then it comes back and it runs and it comes back. It's closing higher for most months, except for March. Um, but it does tell you that there, there are, as the prices run, there, there's some sellers out there. So the buyers are winning, but at certain levels, the sellers are like, look, I've got stock and you can have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, important to note on, on Discam that it broke a, a monthly... Yeah. This downtrend resistance level and stayed above it with a nice bullish engulfing candle there. Um, so and, you know, to your point, above forty rand, uh, once the sellers step out, you know, you know, step out of line, yeah, yeah we're gonna have, we're most likely gonna have a nice decent run there on on yeah. uh, on Discam. And of course, Discam Discam traded mostly through the pandemic. Um, they 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 well positioned uh, vaccine rollouts. Assuming the Discams and the like will be involved. Uh, will be good for them as well. So they 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 they, they well positioned. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. you know, coming back to to, I'm actually liking this mm. price chart quite a bit. Um, nice strong candle in in uh, in March. You know, closing through that 50 month exponential moving average. Uh, well, in March, uh, in April, it kind of came back to close to um, testing that 50 month, but staying above mm-hmm. it, which is which is quite significant. Those acquisitions. When when are we starting to see uh, um, uh, those earnings coming coming back into the, to the Mr. Price balance sheet? I mean, it, it, it's it's going to be a while. I mean, the, the Yuppie Chef deal is is really really small. Um, that's not going to be massive. Uh, Power Fashion is is nice, but it's it, it's it's only going to you know the the deal was effective. I think end of March, sometime around then. Um, so it'll st- so effective one April. Um, so it'll start coming. But you know, in, in terms of of total size, it, it's not a giant deal, which which is a, a needle changer, you know, mover in a sense. It's a nice bolt on uh, more than more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose it does help that Mr. Price, even who thought those acquisition was uh, was in a strong cash position. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's a top quality operation. I mean, it absolutely is. 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, pr- probably my favorite of the bunch. Uh, Woolies probably second. Uh, but fighting with that 50-day exponential moving average. Yeah, I mean, Woolies is... It's a, last month was a bit of a so-so candle, taking a bit of a breather. No, it's Woolies has been running nicely. This was a 25-buck stock a year ago, now it's 50. Yeah, but it, it has doubled mm. since. And, you know, we like stocks that double over time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ShopRite, you know, ShopRite has always been the, at least on the foot retailer front, it's always been the, 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 the strongest of the bunch, but uh, struggling yep. with that 50 month exponential moving average. Yeah, it is struggling. You know, that, that 145-ish level uh, where, it, you know, where it closed uh, uh, April has, has been a, a significant level now, going back to mid-2019. Keeps on getting there, can't get through it. Um, breaks through, it managed to get through in, in March, but then it pretty much gave it, then it was obviously results out, pretty much gave it all back again. Um, yeah. And it is just it is just uh, struggling. I still think in terms of just from a fundamental perspective, it's the best food retailer we've got in our market. Um, but uh, the, the market is, is, is patently concerned. And I think the concerns are it's just a very, very competitive space. Um, it's not that they're not good at what they do, but you've got pick and pay, of course, who are there as well. Uh, you've got spa. It's hugely competitive. Um, and the consumer, the consumer, you know, they will shop around to save a buck here or there on a can of beans. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I suppose that's, uh, that, that 6060 app is helping them quite a bit, especially oh, yeah, I, I, in, in I lockdown think so. I, mean, I think, I think 6060 is a, a fair bit of a of a game changer. And, and you know, it, it, I mean, I've, I've used it. I like it. It works incredibly well. Um, we'll see how it rolls in, in, in time, but I think it's well ahead of the competition. Yeah, yeah. Which which sector do you think um, is, is is likely to to be to be stronger this quarter? I, you know, if if I look across it, I mean, the, 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 so we, we're already. I mean, April's the first month into it. The sector I'm still thinking's got the most. I mean, resources generally, uh, specific P- PGMs, uh, Anglo's, the diversifieds which is driven to large part by, by Kumba. Um, you know, the iron ore story is, is still, uh, Vale can't get more production out. Um, there's huge demand. Uh, China's still sort of bickering with, with, with Australia, uh, which, which, you know, so, so I still think that, 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 that resources generally, um, and, uh, probably the iron ore sort of top and then, uh, PGM's, gen, uh, uh, second. Okay. Got you. Got you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually liking the, the PGM's, Particularly, uh, um, uh, Real Bafuking, accounting for about, you know, a quarter of my profits at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they've had a spectacular run. Yeah, them and them and transaction capital, they 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 um, they're, they're, they're quite strong. Uh, keeping yeah. my my portfolio afloat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, they, 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 they've run well, and I, I think they've got momentum. They've got the story behind them. Um, they're taking a breather. That's fine. They're welcome to breathe for a bit. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose this market is a great market for trend uh, uh, for long for for trend followers on the long side. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, pullbacks will always be there, but uh, the right, it seems like the right side is 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 the long side at the moment. Yeah, no, I mean this is this is this is still a bull market. I mean, we could make the argument that it is, uh, 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 you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, pausing, resting, something like that. Um, but absolutely, I mean, it is. Uh, uh, it's still a bull market. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, just before before we close, from a, from a risk management perspective and and from a technical perspective, in in, in periods where a, a bull market is taking a pause, especially for new positions, not 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 the ones that you've held for 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 quite some time, is a time stop a good idea or you might just hurt yourself by you know being stopped on time and then you know yeah. now it starts to move. So time stops are difficult. I mean, the one thing is that obviously you time stop because there's a cost to having the position in terms of the interest component, the daily charge, um, the swap rate, is, as many call it. And that's, you know, we're in a low interest rate environment. That's not a giant issue. I typically don't. I, I you know, I, I will. I, so the, the trick is, is that, you know, usually you'll get shaken out. And if not, and it's going sideways, I will usually let it run. Um, and if you remember when, when I was doing those equity trades last year, two trades that, that I mean, it was Telcom and Standard Bank, which took forever and a day to finally get to the target. But ultimately they did, you know, they, they got there and they, they delivered on the, on, on the profits. Um, so I'm always, you know, if you, if you put your stop in place and you're saying this is, you know, give it the, 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 the wiggle room, I like to give it that wiggle room. I, you know, and I don't want to adjust my stop too tight or anything. Um, so I, I, I personally don't use time stops. I know some folks do, but I typically stay away. Okay, got you. Um, yeah, we can park it here unless you, there's something else you, you'd like to add. Nope, I'm all good. The last point is watch the round. I think we could still see some round strength. I think sub 14 and uh, into the 13s is definitely in the cards for this year and, and perhaps even, even stronger than that. Yeah, I was actually looking at uh, uh, the 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 um, uh, the the uh, the USDs. Uh, what is happening? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Should be USDZAR. No, it's showing you something. Uh, that's because I didn't uh, change. <laughs> um, it's it's looking very very good. Uh, looking very very yeah. strong, especially on the on the uh, on the daily charts. Broke through uh, on on the lower side of that uh, of that uh, of the triangle pattern there, and continuing continuing making yeah for us higher lows, but you know <laughs> for the pair lower lows yeah. And, and these higher commodity prices, and we saw it in the early part of the of the century, these, the higher commodity prices absolutely benefit this and, and, and can drive a currency stronger. Yeah, but that 1420, 1440 seems to be support at the moment. But um... Yeah, support for now. But zoom that chart out. Do, a, do an all-time chart on it. If, 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 if you can go back some 20 odd years. Uh... Look at that recovery from, I know it's not going back. You haven't got data. Yeah, it's only going back to 08. Yeah. Um, it was 1360 in December of 2001. And it went to 575. Oh, there it is there. Ah, it's still going back. Oh, oh, no, it's only going back to 08. Ah, it's fine. Um, so, you know, don't discount the random. And quite simply, we've got an extra, on current commodity prices, an extra 11 billion uh, a month of 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 uh, uh, commodities flying out of our country, which is uh, uh, you know really really bullish for the rand. You know, Eleven billion is you know maybe a, a couple of days of 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 Zar transaction, but it's it's on the right side of the trades. Yeah, 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 and, and I suppose below that, uh, if we can break that fourteen rand level, yeah, we can touch eleven. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. So watch yeah. the rand. The rand is is not over. And and the other interesting thing is our inflation differential. So inflation is 3.2, US is, is, is 2.6, but 
That means we only need to depreciate by 0.6%. Usually, we've had US inflation around two or three, and our inflation has been around five or six. There's a much bigger difference between the two, which also then that also then plays into some rand uh, strength going forward. Yeah, yeah, the the, the rand uh, looking looking quite good, mm. not not so great for 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 miners and and you know offshore companies operating offshore reporting in rands. But uh, now the miners the, the miners manage it. They take some of the pain on that, but it gets offset by the increase in the commodity price given time and depending on on the commodity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we've got a pocket here. Thank you, Simon, for your time. Um, that's it for the show this week. Be sure not to miss another episode of the Village Shooter Podcast by subscribing on your favorite podcatcher. We everywhere where good podcasts are aggregated. Do join Simon, on my Simon Brown and myself tomorrow. In fact, tonight as you're listening, um, five thirty on Zoom. Uh, you know, uh, follow the trader. We're trading live CFDs. Um, do join us and learn with us there. Um, otherwise, you know, thank you, someone, for your time, and thank you for listening. Check in next time on the Village Trader. Cheers.